Welcome to the DJE Podcast, where you will learn about real estate investing from real life examples. Here's your host, Devin Elder. Hello, welcome to the DJE Podcast. My name is Devin Elder. I'm your host. Let's jump in today. Our guest is Nathan Payne, and he is the owner of Offer on Homes, his real estate investing company. And he's the owner of Investor Thrive, which is a coaching, a, a coaching company dedicated to helping wholesalers and real estate investors acquire more real estate. Um, I've enjoyed the conversation with Nathan. He's a scrappy entrepreneur, young guy, built the wholesaling business, built a coaching network, and is grinding it out, right? So talks about how they're finding deals, the systems, processes he's got, tech tools, virtual assistants, all the things he's doing there. So I think you're going to enjoy this uh, interview. Before we get into the interview, two quick notes from our sponsors. One, DJE Texas, our company. If you're not seeing our deals that we send out and would like to review those as a prospective passive investor, you can sign up at djetexas.com. There's a link in the show notes below. And if you are wanting to accelerate your apartment investing as a general partner or as an owner operator of these apartment complexes, we set up apartmenteducators.com as a complete ecosystem to do that. So there's a free eight-part video series there that I teach that you can go check out. We've also got events every month in major Texas metros where you can come out. There's 100 plus folks out there as like-minded apartment investors. All starts by visiting apartmenteducators.com and signing up there. Okay. Let's get into this episode with Mr. Nathan Payne. Here we go. Nate, great to see you, and thanks for coming on the show. How are you doing? Doing really good. Thanks for having me. Yeah, absolutely. So I want to I dive in and, and learn about what you're doing in real estate today, but let's kind of back up before we do that. And for those listeners, viewers that haven't met you or uh, are not in your universe, how, what's your story? How did you get into real estate? How did you find it? Yeah. So I've been in real estate investing for about four years. I got in as a wholesaler. I still wholesale a lot. Um, but with the market shift happening, I've, I've gone a little bit more into, um, I would say like trying to structure and keep properties like, uh, with through creative financing, but uh, sure. I got, what got me into real estate was, uh, my buddy in college, he, his dad was a wholesaler in, uh, Missouri and, my buddy was trying to get into it in college. He would call for sale by owners and do deals, uh, try to structure lease options and creative finance. And he'd always tell me uh, to join, but I was busy doing door-to-door -door sales in college and I had, I had teams and I was pretty, I was really good. One of the top salesmen. So I, I was like trying to convince him to come with me, but uh, you know, it never worked out right where he would come work with me or I would work with him until after college, I graduated. I didn't want to live the transient lifestyle, having to go somewhere every summer and knock um, and there's good money in door to door. I don't know if you're familiar with that industry, but it's it's a good industry. Uh, but uh, what were you selling? I, I went left that. I was selling, selling Dish Network. Uh, sat, okay, yeah, sure, sa yeah, satellite TV, Dish Network, and Sprint Sprint cell phones door to door, right? So like plans for people. Yeah. So after that, I uh, yeah. didn't want to do it, so I went right into wholesaling with zero knowledge of real estate and figured uh, try to figure it out. Yeah, I love it. Was that what market was that in what, that you first started wholesaling? Salt Lake City, Utah. Salt Lake, yep. And when you were starting, what kind of um, 
buy price, sell price, and, and spreads were you getting? Were they were they pretty thin spreads? Were they pretty fat at the time? What'd that look like? Um, I think they could have been fatter if I knew what I was doing. Uh, if yeah. I had like yeah, the right buyers and I at least knew what I had and and I guess in my inventory, but I think my first deal was 5k my next deal was 19 then i did one for 23 then 30 42 so they 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 were pretty good i i would say you know yeah. for uh the first deal was weak you know but <laughs> that's how you start but it, was, right? it was money right i mean it was uh it yeah didn't, it's, didn't lose it's proof of concept mm -hmm, mm -hmm. and then were you just are you just assigned i don't know how it works in in utah uh mm -hmm. you just assigning the contract to title and that's that that's or you it. have to do a double yeah. close yeah assign it nice no just assign we didn't we haven't really we didn't start double closing until like a year or two ago mm -hmm. and that was just sometimes to uh to avoid having to discuss like our fee being so big or sure um that's pretty much it yeah yeah that makes a lot of sense um so it's evolved now to hanging on to these deals maybe some owner financing or or doing wraps around existing mortgages or how are you structuring these things today kind of fast forwarding a little bit yeah yeah trying to trying to find those opportunities they're still they're still difficult i'm i wouldn't say difficult but you still have to find the right situation i'm still wholesaling a lot uh because i have mm -hmm. a good cash buyers list but that's kind of like where the pivot is going i believe is as interest rates rise or stay high you just find the right opportunities um for people that are willing to let you either assume or you know do a subject to if or if they own it outright then just they care, do a seller carry back for you yeah and how does that work like are folks open to that or you find yourself having to do a lot of education or you just got a, a numbers game talk to enough folks till you get some that click How's, how do you find that it's really interesting it, it really depends on um their needs right like how much equity they have and most of the time they just want to be out most people are just like hey just cash me out so mm -hmm. uh when we make offers it's it's usually the cash offer starts and where it's considerably lower and then we say hey you know we can usually pay a little bit more if you're willing to you know uh take payments uh, but most of the time i'm able just to cash get people cashed out so i haven't had too many opportunities where i've taken them down but that's what i'm kind of looking for at the moment but sure. for me, it's not like forcing uh, a uh, what I want. It's more of like what a win-win, right? Like what works for them and and going from there. Yeah, yeah. I remember when I was when doing single family stuff. It was like price or terms is a spectrum, and right. I can give you your price, but you got to give me some terms that that work well or owner finance something like that. Um, so that was kind of an always interesting thing. It's like yeah, you know, you, there's kind of a menu of options here. Probably have something that works for you. There's probably not a menu option that gives you absolutely everything on your wish list, and it, it doesn't exist. But there's probably an item, a uh, right. menu item here that can get you out of whatever situation you're in, or at least that's the case, or the the hope, or the hope for it. Um, right. So, well, let's talk about the. I, I love kind of digging into systems, processes, and people that have built businesses, and you know, I, I have a soft spot for entrepreneurs that decide to kind of um, give up a, a high paying job or some other security in order to really go out and no safety net and pursue their thing. So I love digging in on processes and systems. What does your team look like today? Are you Lone Ranger, virtual assistants, office staff? How, how, what does it look like today? Yeah, so that's a great question. My team currently is me, three virtual assistants, and a marketing guy that I pay commission 
uh, off of deals that we do together. So he's kind of, uh, kind of does dual purpose. He does, um, deals acquisitions and runs our marketing. Cause I, I have investorthrive.com, which is, uh, a community that helps people get their first or next deal as wholesalers or investors. So yeah. we, we do both. So I'll just kind of go back on what the systems and processes looked like at the beginning of the year. So when the market was hot and for the last like two years, we had um, multiple acquisition reps, leads managers, disposition, dispositions, transaction coordinator. It was like the, the model of the wholesale business where you bring leads in, they get filtered, they get made offers to, they go under contract and you dispo them. And when the market shift happened, I had my virtual, sorry, my acquisition managers were Colombian. They were expatriates in Colombia. So I, you know, I didn't have to pay as much and they were good. But when the market shifted, they weren't that good at negotiating. So the, the marketing spend was high. The systems were fine, but it was more of like, okay, we're not getting the deals where we need to be at. And I have a, I had a business partner at the time. And I was like, hey, man, it doesn't really make sense for us to work together. The, sh the market's shifting. Like, we need to uh, go lean. And mm -hmm. it doesn't really make sense. I know enough. You know enough. We don't need to split all, all the money we make 50-50. Like, I can do this business myself. So can you. Yep. So I went lean. And I, I just went with virtual assistants that can scour the MLS, that can multi-purpose my social media, uh, that JV deals, people that can see, that see me on my platforms, if they want to work with me, they can analyze those deals and then we'll reach out if it's an opportunity. So that's my business. It, it's strictly pushing the Investor Thrive content machine that also brings in deals. And then sh I do deals uh, that come across MLS that fit my buyer's needs. Got it. Got it. Well, thanks for sharing that. How did you go about setting up your virtual assistants, finding them, sourcing, managing them? Was that a big learning process for you or, or, or how did that work? There's a lot of a lot of people that are not using that. I think scrappy entrepreneurs gravitate towards that. It's a great way to cut costs, but there's there's more established businesses that it hasn't even occurred to them to do that. Oh, man. Um, so, you know, how, how did you go about that? And what's what's that look like sourcing and managing VAs? Yeah, so it's been a journey finding good VA virtual assistants, but uh, eventually found one that was amazing. She was she went above and beyond. She actually was in charge of running a virtual assistant company that went under, and we brought her on, oh, well. and then she brought her us her friends that were cool. the top people she worked with at this virtual assistant company. So that's kind of how I've grown to find the best VAs. Is I pay them. Seven, seven, seven fifty. I can't remember. I think it's seven bucks an hour. So that's more than the traditional one that I used to pay, like two or five. If you go through like a company, they'll charge you like ten, but they'll end up giving them like seven or five. I don't know what they do, but uh, I I found them through friendship, like relationships with people they had, and uh, I used a project management tool called Asana, or like ClickUp, any of these project management tools, and. I assign all the tasks that I need them to do on a reoccurring basis. If it's reoccurring, if not, and, and everything's pretty much run out of that tool. And eventually they're so good at their jobs that they don't really even have to look at the project management tool. They know what to do, but that's, yeah. that's how I run my virtual assistants with, with us and a project management tool. Yeah. Yeah. That's great. And so you've got three of them and you said, where are they based now? Are, is it Philippines or is it the, is Phil it South yeah, America? the Philippines? The Philippines. Yeah. yeah the, got it. The, 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 the expatriates that I was using for uh, my real estate business were from Colombia, but then, mm -hmm. you know, that wasn't, I think, I think the reason why I let those go on top was because, um, 
the skill set of negotiating, I think, is a lot more important now. And I was like, you know, the time that I would put into training someone, I'd rather just, you know, do those deals myself. And now that I don't have to split everything 50-50, my overhead is just hourly wages, right, with VAs, which isn't a lot. So sure, that's uh, that's why we, we I don't have those right now. Yeah. Yeah. Got it. That's pretty, that's pretty lean and efficient. What are some of the other software tools or systems that you're using to really, you know, maximize that, that small team that you have? Uh, so I, I just use batch leads. That's pretty much the only paid tool that I use currently for mm -hmm. my whole, my, my wholesaling business. But uh, if you look at my invest, the coaching side, like the platforms and the community that I'm building like that, that's software for days. I mean, you got HubSpot, the CRM, you have different review services like Sotellus, you have group track, which responds to people and in inquiries and in, in all social media messages through, uh, through a system. It's, it's pretty sweet. Yeah. I mean, discord, you have all the social media platforms. So what, what I'm seeing and what I'm doing is I'm saying, okay, I can do deals, but also can show yep. people. And I know the more people I help, the more deals will come through that. So majority of the deals I do are from my community of people that don't know how to, where the, what to do. And I take them through sure. that process and I help them out. Yeah. I love it. Win-win, right? I mean, they stumble upon a deal and now you've got maybe, a, you know, a thousand potential deal finders out there instead of instead of a handful on your team. Well, let, let's talk about exactly. Investor Thrive. What, what was the genesis of that? What's your vision for it? What what is it? Yeah, so when I started uh, my journey in in real estate education and trying to learn this thing, I had zero knowledge, nothing. I knew nothing. Didn't know how to run comps. Didn't know any of that. And I started having to like do the next the next thing that everybody was doing is I was paying for mentors, right? I was paying for coaching. Yep. So my first one I paid five k for. Then you know that gave me a little bit of help. Then I went to another one paid like twenty two thousand. I went to another one and paid. So I I just kept paying for knowledge and for the what's it called the uh, the quick fix, right? Like, and then I I started finding out that a lot of these coaches, which I have great relationships, not throwing anyone in the bus, but I just felt like you know, you, you were, I was trying to pay for a mentorship, like a mentor, like actually someone to work with instead of like videos. And a lot of them were just videos yeah. and like weekly calls. And I was kind of frustrated because it's like, Hey, I don't, I don't need to hop on a call once a week to listen to a hundred people ask questions. I don't care about. I want my question answered. And then this could be done quickly. Mm -hmm. uh, but because of the way I am, I was able to make relationships with, I'd say majority of the programs, the co the mentors that I have and were great. But I was just, I kind of frustrated with the process of how expensive it is and what, uh, what's provided. Uh, and you can't fault them. I mean, there's, there's one guy, right? They, not everyone can get mentored by someone, if, especially the big program. So I was like, I can do everything. I can teach everything that these guys are doing and be more available and provide like more calls, more service. So I do like daily training on like a month to month program where they're not committing, um, a ton of money to the the process yeah. to learn. And that's, that's why I did it because I felt, I feel like a lot of people that were in the programs like that I was in were financially crushed and probably not going to see a return on their money. Just not because they can't do it. They just, they probably didn't have this, the drive, or the skill set to do it. So I was like, okay, I'll make a, I'll make a community. I'll make a program. That's like, it's two ninety seven a month. Cancel anytime you want. It's got daily, daily coaching. It's got a buyer's list. Don't even look for buyers if you don't need to. It's got everything you need. It's, I even give leads to people. And I say, go do deals. And if they don't know what they're doing, 
I go on calls with them. Like we provide help. So it's like the done for you service at a price for me that is a no brainer. And they're all people are always going to gravitate to the the more expensive programs because of the 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 marketing, right? Like people that uh, I guess the the brands that are out there. But I believe my vision is my my program will crush all those because it's not really I'm not trying to make thousands and thousands off of one person. I don't really care. I want to create a community where people can help each other and do deals because uh, I know I'm rambling on, but really where I've seen the most value is networking that's how i've gotten most yes. of my deals so yeah. i'm like let's get a community full of people at a price that's not going to crush them we'll we'll put the the beginners that want to grind with guys like me and you that want to buy deals and we can work together in unison instead of um only letting people in if they have a certain amount yeah i like it look you can get a lot more adoption a lot more of a user base doing that and you said it the real the real payday or the real payoff is in an expanding network that's doing deals and you can create win-win setups. At least that's, that's the idea, right? I mean, you, like we said earlier, you've got exposure now to, you know, whatever nationally to whoever to do deals in, in all kinds of markets and split deals. Right. Uh, and, and for me, I know that the hardest thing uh, for when I talk to people, it's action. And and that's yeah. not something that's that difficult for me. It's like, Hey, I will help you take action. Let's go. There's going to be calls. There's going to be, we do a call every morning, like every Monday and Wednesday, it's called wake them down where we want you to come in and bring us the people that you're working with and we'll call like that. That's what stops a lot of these people. They just don't, they feel uncomfortable. There shouldn't be any right. reason to feel uncomfortable. Like it, it, sometimes it works out. Sometimes it doesn't. It's not a big deal. Yeah. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. A lot of times getting started, I guess, with anything, but in this business, just kind of getting some momentum earlier on and, and you got to, you got to do that some way. Paying for a shortcut is easy way to do that. Um, we're, you know, we're not sure. reinventing the wheel here. It's, it's uh, kind of works the same in different markets and, and, and all that stuff. Yeah. We did something similar on the multifamily side where we created a, you know, a coaching group, a business partner and I, and it was really from day one, we're like, this is about the network. Right. You know, we're all going to win by growing this network and we have events and all kinds of stuff that, and that, you know, we'll just flat out tell people like we didn't start it to have, um, you know, a bunch of coaching revenue. Like we're, we're operators. We, we buy and run apartment complexes. Um, if you want our time, we built this thing for that, but really we're building this whole network of, of and I agree with that. Like if someone wants your time, that's where I think the, 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 the very expensive, uh, if, if you want to call it expensive, that's, that's where I totally get it. But if it's like, Hey, let's put a bunch of people in like a, a zoom call once a week and charge them like five, 10 K and they, they don't get the support. I, I think that's like, it's like, come on, that's, that's easy to build. And that's not helping anybody. Yep. Yep. Yeah. That is tough. That is tough. And there's all, there's all shapes and sizes out there. Um, right. Yeah. Well, what, um, so we're talking kind of tail end of, of 2022 right now. It's been, you know, the fed's been more aggressive than they've, than they've ever been at least right. like in the last 40, 50 years on the rate hikes. That's obviously impactful in real estate. Um, what are you guys thinking about for next? We're actually talking kind of right in that Christmas break right now, right. but for right. 2023, you know, are you building out plans and goals? Or are you saying, hey, let's kind of be nimble and 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 move with the market? What or you know, what happens next year? How are how are you looking at that as a business owner? We're staying in the wholesale realm because 
like because of the platforms that I have, like in the outreach, I actually get a lot of free leads from cool. like, cold calling company, call their leads and promote them or like services. So for me, like it's not usually would crush us or not crush us, but it would cost us a lot. Would it be our marketing lead gen, right? But if right. I now that I figure that I can use my community, my network to get free leads, I'll give them leads to my community. I'll take free leads and then I'll pay obviously a rev share, which is not a big deal. I'll pay you if once I convert. And uh, so that's, I, we're going to stay in the wholesale game. And if there's a deal that's uh, worth taking down and flipping, We'll do it if we, we really look at a single family property as what is the best option. Should we do innovation? Should we do a fix and flip, wholesale, wholesale, all, all the different options, which one makes the most money? Uh, so that's that's where we're going with it. Right. Yeah. Kind of the highest and best use or, or, or exit for you guys. Right. Are you building a rental portfolio on the way? Are you building uh, any, you know, any other kind of longer term plays there? Or is it pretty much? Turn, turn and burn on every asset. It has for the last four years, it's burned as a, you have a wholesaling company. You pretty much have to do that, yep. <laughs> feed everybody, yep. business, the machine going. Say, yes, I'm going to try to eat more. I was trying to buy an Aplex, um, going back and forth with the, the seller right now. But yeah, no, I, I want to keep as much as I can. But the, again, I think that's one of the biggest flaws in the wholesaling business is if you build out a big, big model then it's harder to keep stuff because you've got to, to feed the whole team, the machine. So, but I'll keep more for sure. now for sure. For sure. Yeah. I mean, we're running that in our business too. We've grown our payroll a lot and we've grown the company a ton, but you know, all of a sudden you've got this big payroll and it's like, we kind of need to do deals in a way that we didn't have to when I was kind of a one man show or had a small team where like, we really didn't have any overhead. We've got overhead now. So you got to find ways to kind of, continue to transact and, and do deals. Um, yeah, that makes sense. When you're talking to somebody that, that comes on and I gather that you talk to a lot of people that are new to real estate, but that want to be involved. Mm -hmm. Are there some common roadblocks you see um, people running into kind of right out of the gate when they're trying to break into real estate investing? Yeah, I think a lot of the time they, they're, they just stop themselves by not taking action. Like for example, yesterday, Someone was like, oh, I don't know if there's deals in my market. Maybe I need to change my market. I'm like, well, you know, you haven't made enough calls to anyone to find that out. Like you, you <laughs> right. how about you call? Yeah. <laughs> right. So they're, wor they're worried about things that don't, they're, they're not at that step right then. Right. Like, or, Hey, yeah. what do I do with an assignment contract? I don't know how to fill that out. Let me watch a video on that today figuring out before i take action like no 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 you need to go find some buyers you can work with the other people i teach reverse wholesaling i call it painless wholesaling because i think it's easier go find your buyers yep. first and then go find them deals but you know traditionally it's been taught go find a deal and then you'll be able to sell it which i think is wrong because half of the wholesalers out there don't know what they're doing and they just lock up deals at the high wrong prices waste everybody's time so i uh i teach people say hey Go out, find someone you know that wants to buy a specific uh, multi-unit in in this you know St. Louis example, and go find them. Ask them for a list. Call them. Yeah, that's that's kind of what I would. I can't remember the question, but that's what I would. Yeah, yeah, that makes sense. I think finding your buyers and lining that up first. 
makes things so much easier. Uh, now you got a target, right? You're, you're actually working yeah. on behalf of these buyers while you're out there. You've reverse engineered the whole thing. Now when you're out there talking to prospective sellers, you already have a buyer or a handful of buyers in mind and you've envisioned the whole process start to finish rather than going out there half-cocked and getting a bunch of stuff under contract, which, I mean, you can go do it, right? You, you can get stuff under contract, um, but you, you better have an exit while you're locking that up and wasting everybody's time. Um, cool. So you guys are going to keep doing wholesale stuff. Um, people getting in their, their own way on the, on the front end for sure. And, you know, it's, it's understandable when we all got started somewhere. Um, right. Are you guys doing any raising any private money? You mentioned sometimes you do this double closes. How are you guys handling that? Yeah, so when we double close, we we would raise money for uh, the down payment. We'd usually get the well, no, if it's a double close, we usually just have to pay the uh, the transactional um, funding, right? Like the two percent. But yeah, that's not too hard to find, or we have it. But if it's something where we're gonna flip it, then we we get the hard money, and then we raise private money for the the down for the to the hard money lender. But I also linked up with a guy in my market who finds does kind of what I do, but on the multi-unit side. So he has ton, he finds tons of good deals all over the United States, and he he needs funding. So I've been helping him, you know, through my network, trying to you know piece people that don't want to in, grind because that's what wholesaling is: is active income, right? You stop, yeah. you stop making money. So I've been saying, trying to help him by saying, hey, if you if you're interested in real estate. Then uh, you know there's there's the wholesaling route. There's getting into it, but if you don't want to do that, if you're not interested in building that business out or grinding, you know uh, we have plenty of opportunities for you to still invest in real estate passively, right, without having to do anything as uh, through raising private funds. But yeah, there's a lot of different avenues now. It's it's exciting. Yeah, yeah, there sure is. There's kind of a spot for everybody, and I always kind of think of it as this continuum where you've got work on one side and capital on the other, and you're somewhere on that spectrum and the, the more capital you have, the less you're going to want to do the work. Right. And the less capital you have, well, you're on the work side. So grind yeah, the work right. side out until you can get more on the capital side and get your money working for you. But there's, there's space for everybody. I mean, in real estate, that's one of the things I like about it is you can really kind of um, create whatever you want to based on your, your situation. Um, exactly. Well, you've been at this for a few years now. What, what would you tell yourself? with your experience now that you have, what would you tell yourself back in the beginning that might've helped you um, when you were just starting the business? I probably, the first two years, I kind of felt like I was on my own. It was just me and my business partner versus the world. And we wouldn't really network. We wouldn't really try to learn from others. Not that we didn't like, but we, I saw everybody as competition, right? Uh, right. Like, oh, everybody in Utah, I would feel, I feel like everybody knew everybody. So everybody was t- trying to take my deal. That's kind of like the, the thought I had for some reason. But mm-hmm. when I changed that mindset and been like, Hey, why am I looking at these uh, investors as competition? I had a scarcity mentality and then I changed to abundance. And that's when everything changed for me. Cause I was started to do way more deals with them, with their deals, finding buyers. Like it, it was way better. So if I had to start over again, I would say, Hey, go into this thinking that there's not like a limited supply of sell- motivated sellers. There's, there's tons. You just have to know how to work with them. And I would learn how to do that through probably 
instead of joining a, like a coaching program, I probably would have joined like a mastermind. I'm in a couple masterminds right now, which are great. And I think that's what really helps you level up is being around people who want to share what's going on. And it's not just like one mentor. Mentorships are fine, right? But sure. if you get in a room full of everybody that's trying to provide everyone value, I think the growth is is great as well. Yeah, I love it. That's such great insight. And um, I completely agree with that. I mean, there's an infinite amount of money and deals out there and you're never going to have enough hours in the day to do them all. So I love, I love that attitude. Um, well, Nathan, this has been great. I really appreciate you sharing your story, what you're up to, what kind of deals you guys are doing. If somebody wants to connect with you and learn more about what you're doing, how can they do that? Yeah. So I'm on pretty much every social media platform, uh, YouTube, Instagram, Facebook. I have a Facebook group. Uh, it's called painless wholesaling group. But if you look up Nathan Payne on any platform, you'll find me. Also, I have uh, a YouTube channel. I've, uh, got investorthrive.com. So yeah, if you want to find me, you can message me. It's either me responding or 50% of the time. It's one of my virtual assistants. Cause you know how that goes. Like, you know, there's so many messages coming through. So I leverage my virtual assistants to answer questions, uh, you know, messages for me as well. But that, that's where you guys can find me uh, on any of those platforms. Awesome. Well, we'll link to that in the show notes. If you're listening, you can scroll down to the description and click straight through to connect with Nathan. Um, thanks so much for, for joining. I really appreciate it and wish you success next year. Yeah, I appreciate you having me on here. We got to get you on mine as well. All right, let's do it. We'll set it up. Appreciate it. You got it. Yeah. Thank you for listening to the DJE podcast. For more information, please go to DJETexas.com.